Welcome to the March 2017 podcast for the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition. This is Kelly Tappenden, Editor-in-Chief of JPEN, and I'm pleased today to be joined by Dr. Krishnan Shriram of Advocate Healthcare, where he is a general surgeon and surgical intensivist. The paper that we'll be discussing today is titled, A Comprehensive Nutrition-Focused Quality Improvement Program Reduces 30-Day Readmissions and Length of Stay in Hospitalized Patients. Welcome, Dr. Sriram. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, I was very interested in reading your paper because malnutrition has been a topic that I, I believe has really gone through a bit of a renaissance in recent years. What's been discovered, of course, is that we've made very little progress on the, the prevalence of malnutrition in the last 40 years in our hospitals. And we know that these malnourished patients, about 30 to 50% of them entering our hospitals malnourished, have poorer outcomes. They have increased length of stay, increased readmissions, increased hospital mortality, and when they leave, they certainly are transferred to home health care or other care institutions as opposed to those who may be transferred home uh, when they're well-nourished. So I assume that this was what the focus of your study and, and what caused you to do this study, but tell us a little bit of the background when you were designing this work and what motivated you. So although I uh, have been a surgeon and a surgical intensivist all my life, I've always been interested in nutrition. And at present, I work as a tele-intensivist in the advocate system, not essentially as a surgeon or as a surgical intensivist, but as a general tele-intensivist. But nutrition has always been of interest to me. And one of the things that has been extremely frustrating for me, I'm sure for you too, is that we've been thinking about malnutrition and telling people that malnutrition is a very serious hospital problem, in fact, an iatrogenic complication. But we've been saying this for many years, almost 20, 30 years, and nothing seems to be happening. The interest from physicians and hospital administrators seems to be more focused on technology, which costs a lot of money, rather than malnutrition. Now, a few of us within the advocate system have been thinking alike. What is the reason for this? The first is the definition of malnutrition has been extremely vague in the past. It's only the marasmic child skin and bones who was thought to be malnourished or a elderly nursing home patient. But we know now that the definition of malnutrition is quite different and there are six criteria. And if two of those six are met, then the patient is malnourished. So that has become easy. The second reason why malnutrition has not got the credit it deserves is because no one ever talks about the actual method, the system changes, or the system engineering, if you will, to make hospitals practice good nutrition care. And we also realize that oral nutrition supplements have been neglected in the past. Many times we know that everyone thinks about parenteral nutrition and enteral nutrition with uh, central lines, central venous lines, and gastrostomy tubes and so on. But simple oral nutrition supplements have been neglected. So what we did was we combined all these three or four elements and we designed a study to see 
whether changing the pattern by which malnutrition is recognized in our hospital by incorporating that into the electronic medical records. And secondly, by early provision of oral nutrition supplements, empowering nurses to enter the order in the electronic medical records could cut down the 30-day readmission. And as you know, unplanned 30-day readmissions can be a surrogate marker for good quality care. And that's how we designed the study. Okay, so I'm very intrigued by this because a few years ago, I was part of a group that published a paper identifying areas where we thought hospitals could improve. And, and many of it was making sure that, that multiple disciplines were involved. There was an institutional culture valuing nutrition. The screening was, was something that was done in a defined and validated way. The medical record, the electronic medical record was used. So many of these elements you've incorporated now into a study and tested. What was your study design? Well, actually, to be frank with you, we designed the study around the so-called alliance, of which I believe you were also a lead author. And we incorporated all the elements recommended in the alliance. And we do believe it is the first study published in the international literature, which incorporates all the features that Alliance to Improve Nutrition Care has proposed. Thank you very much. That was the paper that I was referring to, and I, you know, I couldn't be more excited about seeing how the principles that we proposed came together. Well, so we did it. Design involved multiple hospitals, right? Well, uh, I have to explain the design to you a little bit uh, more because you know many publications are done in major university teaching hospitals with with fellows and residents, and the hierarchy in university hospitals is a little bit different, as you know, from the average community hospital. In community hospitals, we don't have that amount of discipline, among the physicians especially, and there seem to be certain less checks and balances that go on. Now, the advocate system is a large system within Illinois, the largest uh, private healthcare provider system in Illinois, and we have 12 hospitals. But we chose only four of them, and two of them were uh, major teaching hospitals, level one trauma centers with residencies and fellowships in all specialties, and two of them were community hospitals. Now, I don't mean to imply at all that the healthcare provided in community hospitals was inferior to that in university teaching hospitals. Not at all so. But we have to realize that the majority of healthcare in this country is not provided in university teaching hospitals, but actually in community hospitals. When needed for higher level of care, patients get transferred. So we designed a study, what we like to use the word a pragmatic design, in the real world, how things happen and how we could do something that is applicable to all hospitals, not only university-affiliated teaching institutions. So that was the design, 2 plus 2, and the quality improvement program that we designed was a, either a quality improvement program, QIP basic, or quality improvement program enhanced, which we call QIPE, and in each set of two, we had a teaching hospital and we had a community hospital, and that's how the study was designed. That's how we chose the hospitals. 
But what did we actually do in the study? If you don't have any questions about the selection of the hospitals, I can tell you a little bit about how we actually designed the study. Yes, please do tell us about the interventions. Now, the intervention that we did was, A, we had to change the electronic medical records to include malnutrition screening into the EMR, or electronic medical records. Now, various hospitals have various methods by which patients are screened, some on paper form, some electronically, invariably only by the dietitians. But the dietitians don't work 24 hours. There are no dietitians at night, for example, sometimes not enough dietitians on weekends and on holidays. So what we did was something which I think is ingenious between you and me. We had the nurses complete the malnutrition screening tool. Now, as you know, there are several screening tools available, but the malnutrition screening tool, or MST as it's popularly known, has been well validated for many, many years. In fact, I understand that in some continents like Australia, it's one of the major screening tools. It's very easy to use based upon two or three very simple questions. So what we did was we incorporated the malnutrition screening tool into the electronic medical record of the patient. You might think it's a very easy thing to do, but believe me, it took us over a year and a half to make sure that these changes were done in all the hospitals and nurses were educated. We learned sometimes nurses had to be told how important this is and that dietitians uh, were told that their job is not being threatened by the nurses. It is just making the screening easier. Now, if the patient screened positive, that is, a score of two or greater, and the patient was not uh, kept nil by mouth for whatever reason, investigations or by, for, for any other medical reasons, then the nurse did not have to get the physician's approval. She would automatically order oral nutrition supplements to the patient. And the products that were chosen was available in that hospital's formulary. Uh, we did not specify which particular product to use. Now, the dietitian could certainly come the next morning and they could tweak it a little bit around. But by and large, the nurses were able to order the oral nutrition supplements without a physician's order. And in the QIP basic, we also had a lot of educational activities for the nurses, for the dietitians, for the patients, for the caregivers, to some extent for the physicians. In the QIP enhanced group, the major change was that the oral nutrition supplements were provided within 24 hours because we had a drop-down menu in the electronic medical record by which if the patient screened positive on the malnutrition screening tool, the drop-down menu automatically came down, empowering the nurses to enter an order either on the same day or even for the next day. These were, were the two major changes that we made. And to summarize, incorporating the electronic medical records, incorporating the malnutrition screening tool into the electronic medical records, and empowering the nurses to order an oral nutrition supplement immediately afterwards for all patients who screened positive both medical and surgical patients. So I want to hear about the results that were obtained, but before we do, when the Alliance proposed a model wherein nurses would provide an oral nutrition supplement to patients identified to be at risk for malnutrition, there was concern that there would be some patients who would be given a supplement when it was inappropriate. 
Did you have problems with that, or were the nurses able to identify when a patient should be NPO and that didn't turn out to be an issue? Well, usually the nil-by-mouth order, the NPO order, is initiated by the physicians unless the nurse felt it was necessary and she communicated that with the physicians. However, one thing we should realize is that giving an oral nutrition supplement does not harm anyone who's in a hospital. It may not have been necessary for a very few number of patients, but it doesn't do any harm. And we did study the errors in malnutrition screening, and most often we found that there were very few cases where the patient was malnourished and the nurses felt that the patient was not malnourished. But you are right, in a small number of patients, the nurses felt the patients were actually not malnourished, were malnourished, and they turned out to be wrong, but they got the nutrition supplement anyway the next day. But that doesn't produce any harm to the patient, and neither did it confound our statistical analysis. Sure, and certainly with a screening tool, we should be expecting to get false positives. That's the whole purpose of a screening tool, right? Absolutely. So the dietitians always made a detailed analysis the next day. A full nutrition assessment. Yeah, correct. Tell us about your outcomes then. Well, prior to all this, the uh, readmission rate to the advocate system was approximately 20%. Varied between 90, 20, 21, you know, in that range. So 20% was what the research group felt would be the baseline comparison. And this fits in very well with published literature. Now, what we have found is that we had two comparison groups. We had about 1,269 patients in the QIP group, of which somewhere in the QIP basic and somewhere in the QIP enhanced group. The baseline, as I told you earlier, was about 4,600 patients, and it was a 20% readmission rate. We also used a validation comparator group, where we looked at the same patients in the same four hospitals alone but who are not part of the study for various reasons, and their readmission rate was 22%. So we compared our readmission rate to both the validation comparator group of 22% and the baseline information, 20%, which was what we used to design the study. And what we actually found in the result was something very interesting. So we had looked at both the readmission rate and the length of stay. So we'll go to the readmission rate first. The readmission rate in the QIP basic hospital fell down to 16.4%. And in the QIP enhanced, it fell down by 15.6%. So in general, we find that the decrease in the readmission rate was something like 22%. If you use the validation cohort rate of 22%, then we found in the QIP groups put together, the decrease in the readmission rate was 29.4%. If when you look at the length of stay, we found that the length of stay decreased for the QIP, the Quality Improvement Program groups, by 1.9 days. The paper itself goes into various other details, but I don't want to confuse you by giving all the information over here. But to summarize, the readmission rate fell down by about 29.4% in the QIP enhanced group. And the length of stay fell down by 26%, which was about 1.9 days. 
A cost analysis was also not really a major part of the study, but we looked at the cost analysis and used data from published papers in the past, as well as Advocate's own data, and we found that the cost saving for our four hospitals for six months was something like $5.4 million. And some other publications are coming out over the next few months where the cost analysis is going to be looked at in greater detail. However, the cost saving was also quite phenomenal. And this was quite exciting because by a simple maneuver of changing the electronic medical records and by giving oral nutrition supplements, which as we know, they are really not very expensive, we were able to decrease the readmission rate to a very, very significant degree. We wanted to show only a approximately a 5% decrease, but now we have shown that the decrease was close to 29% by these maneuvers. Very, very impressive data. So the patients were certainly doing better, spending less time in hospital, being readmitted more, uh, less frequently, and you were able to calculate then over $5 million saved to the hospital. And I'm sure when you do the more detailed and economic analysis, because of the additional coding of malnutrition, you'll have revenue coming in with malnutrition being a complicating condition on, on many of the primary diagnoses, right? So not only is it a saving, but you'll also have additional revenue, I'm sure, as that sorts out. Yes, absolutely. We learned a lot from the study. One of the things I didn't mention in the study design was, as part of our educational activities, we, uh, we encourage nurses and dietitians to tell the patients that these supplements that we give are medical foods. They are nutraceuticals, nutritional pharmaceuticals. They are just not porridge and eggs and milk uh, and sugar shoved into a blenderizer and given to the patient just to drink. They are all medical foods with macronutrients, with micronutrients in the right form and uh, quality and bioabsorbable state, and that they should think about this as a medication. And we also gave them coupons so that they could buy the product on their own when the patient went home. In fact, phase two of this study is actually on the use of oral nutrition supplements in the home health setup. So we learned a lot from the study about how we actually need to continue education one of the other things in the study we realized was that in the latter part of the study, enthusiasm went down a little bit, and then we found that during that time, there were more errors made by nurses. Now, as you know, there is always a turnover in the hospital personnel, the dietitians, new dietitians come and new nurses come. So we learned that we have to design a structure by which everyone coming to the hospital as a new employee is once again oriented to the importance of nutrition. This was the important thing in the recommendations of the Alliance, creating a culture, creating a good communication between the nurses, empowering dietitians who would be able to ask physicians, doctor, there's really no contraindication for giving the patient oral nutrition supplements. Is there any reason why you don't want us to? You know, emboldening them, if you may and making sure that we had good administrative support. And that was one of the real uh, nice things about the study. The Advocates Administration gave us 100% support for all this. So we learned a lot from the study. 
Dr. Sriam, we've reached the end of our time, but I want to congratulate you on this study that really showed us the power of nutrition. And if we can adjust the processes in place in hospitals, we can really do a much better job addressing this issue that has uh, been present for so very long. In fact, it's my understanding that CMS is very interested in your data and would like to have some conversations regarding having nutrition become a quality measure, which I, I think for all of us in this field would really be able to improve the patient care that's provided from a nutritional perspective. Yeah, thank you very much. This study is not only for the advocate system, but it was an innovative study, a pragmatic study. It is a sustainable model, and it is a scalable model. So we are pretty excited, and we hope that other institutions and hospitals will also follow at least the majority of the components of our quality improvement program. Thank you for sharing this with us. For our JPEG readers, please do go and find uh, Dr. Sriram's study in the March issue, March 2017 issue of the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition entitled A Comprehensive Nutrition-Focused Quality Improvement Program Reduces 30-Day Readmission and Length of Stay in Hospitalized Patients. Thank you very much.